welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 19th of August 2012, entitled, A Hidden Mystery Revealed. And the Bible reading is taken from Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 to 29. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Alright, if you'd like to open your Bible this evening. I promise I won't keep you long. Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, going to begin reading in verse 21, we're just going to read one sentence right down through verse 29, it's a long sentence, but this is all one sentence, Colossians chapter 1. Verse 21, if you'd like to stand with me to honor the reading of God's holy word, beginning in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 21. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight, If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church." whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you." the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Father, we do thank you again, this glorious privilege that we have this evening. Lord, yes, together in your house to have the uh, the freedom to be able to be here, to have the health and the strength that you've given us, to have your word before us that we've just read from, that you have preserved right down through the centuries, your spirit within us. And Lord, now we call upon to depend upon completely, Lord, that by his might and his power, you may take and speak to our hearts this evening. You do know each heart. You know the need. And Father, may you receive all the glory and all the honor for what you do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Can you remember at maybe some point in your life discovering some great secret, something that you just honestly did not know before? I can remember even as kids getting particularly excited when somebody was going to tell me a secret, something that other people didn't know. And we find that there was especially great excitement if they were telling you a secret 
and you had to keep it a secret and you couldn't tell anybody else and you were just chomping at the bits to be able to, to tell somebody that secret that they didn't know. Of course, as adults, we're just as bad sometimes. <laughs> that kid still lives within there a lot of times. I want you just to stop and imagine if the secret that you personally discovered had never been known by anyone else in all the world before, and you were the one person to discover it, and now you had the opportunity to pass this wonderful thing on to others and to everybody else that they didn't know this before. Nobody knew it before, but you discovered it. We see maybe just a hint of that sometimes. When even in science and they've been looking and searching and trying to find out something and suddenly they find a new discovery, something that nobody else has ever seen before and they're able then to get all excited and to, to tell the world about what it is that they have discovered. Of course, sometimes they think they've discovered a lot of stuff that they haven't discovered as well. But it's that excitement, things being discovered that have been a secret that nobody else has known. In, in our reading today, and as I said, this is one very long sentence, and that's why as I was looking at the part that I was really focusing in on, I said, well, you can't just start partway through a sentence. You've got to, to get the context of what is being said here. And amidst this great thought that the Apostle Paul is putting across to the church at, at Colossians here at Colossa, we find that right in the midst of that, we see that he is making known that God had chosen him. The apostle Paul, whom he himself felt was the least of all, but God had chosen him to be the apostle through whom this mystery that he's revealing to us here, this mystery would be revealed to him and it had never been revealed to anybody else. This is something that only God in heaven knew before this specific point in time. And of course, God's timing is always right. God's timing is always perfect. We find that this wasn't the only time that the apostle alluded to this. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9, he made this statement. He said, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, God, having made known to us, having revealed to us the mystery of his will, of what it is that he desires according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Do you ever think that, I know I've said before that, you know, nothing ever occurred to God. And God never did anything by accident. And God's never been caught by surprise by anything. But here, the Word of God is speaking to us about God himself making known this mystery of his will, his good pleasure, his purpose that he has. Just a little later in that same book in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, he says this, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. You see, 
by revelation. I guess, to be quite honest, the, the thing that first took me back in thinking upon this passage as I looked there and as I was looking through different things was the conversation that I was having with the Muslim young man the other day. And I'm thinking, you know, of their view of Christ. And then I'm thinking, you know, well, the truth is we know. We know that, yes, they've been misled. We know that they have been taught that the very Word of God, which is the only truth and that by which all truth must be measured, that they've been convinced that it's corrupted. And, of course, this is a great trick of the devil. You know, that's precisely what he started with Adam and Eve back in the garden, and he's still doing today. If he can get them to doubt God's Word, to think that somehow... It's corrupted, and that's what they believe, that man has corrupted it. And, of course, that makes a very difficult place to start with. And it's certainly something that we cannot do ourselves. If we have something that we're trying to say, well, this is why I believe it, but they're already convinced that what you've got is full of errors anyway, then where do you go? Because faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. What we have in our hands is the Word of God, not the Koran, not the Book of Mormons, not any of the other books that man has come up with in their religions, but the Word of God alone. And God has revealed Himself to us through His Word. We find that we talk sometimes about progressive revelation when you begin at the very beginning of the Bible. It begins with God. In the beginning, God. That's where it is. And then right the way through that book, all the way through, God reveals himself to us progressively more and more and more. We see him more and we understand him more as he reveals himself to us. And this is a passage where they hear at this point in time, God has chosen to reveal something that before this only he has known. We find that... I can imagine that we think of this word revelation translates from word apocalypsis, and it really means to disclose a truth, the disclosure of some truth, some instruction concerning something that was before completely unknown. It's something that has been revealed that nobody knew before. I want you to stop and try to imagine. Now, here is the Apostle Paul, because even today, I'm capable of raising a few eyebrows sometimes when that I take the Word of God, which you have and I have and everybody in the world has that wants to be able to read it. It's right there. The greatest gift we can ever give to anyone is God's Word, where they for themselves can see Jesus Christ and who He is. But can you imagine... The Apostle Paul is beginning to teach truths that, hey, they're not written down anywhere. Matter of fact, nobody's ever spoken this before because nobody ever knew this before. This is new revelation from God. God revealing something new about himself that nobody has ever known before. And of course, you got to remember that in Paul's day, some of the people that were listening to him may have themselves heard Jesus himself teaching. And yet here's this man that is revealing something that even Jesus didn't tell us. But you see, God's truths, just like everything else with God, they're on his perfect schedule. They're precisely 
in his perfect timing. This gradual revelation of truth that was given through the ages more and more to the early church, God began through the New Testament to reveal himself more and more through these men, these God-ordained men, these men that were set apart by God himself. And of course, those revelations that God gave, we have them before us today right here in God's Word. Paul claimed to be the one through whom this mystery was being given, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. God has given something to me that when I write it down here, you're going to be able to read it and you're going to be able to understand it. Here in verse 26 of our reading, I want you to notice one of those mysteries that God, a mystery, a hidden mystery, a mystery that was there that nobody else had ever seen or heard before, and it's revealed to us. In verse chapter 1, verse 26, he says, Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations. You see, God has always had a plan that reaches from where he is in the totality of his being, which is, yes, beyond our comprehension, to us, his creatures, that trust in Jesus Christ as his only begotten son. And you see, that is a big difference. It is a simple difference. And I'm sure you've heard it before. That, you know, with our faith, it's God reaching down to us. Whereas the religions of the world, it's man reaching up to God. And part of what we discussed this past week in our discussions is, is this simple fact that, you know, so many times, no, how can we ever fully understand uh, the holy things of God? How can we fully understand uh, the triunity of God? How can we understand something that we've never seen or never experienced before? We can get glimpses of it in his word. You see, this particular mystery, I mean, Paul said that it's been hid from ages and from generations. I mean, you, you stop and think of the great patriarchs of the Bible. You think when God began with his chosen people back there. You think of those patriarchs like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and yet they knew nothing of this. Think of King David with all of those psalms that he wrote and he reached down to the very depths of it himself and, and that knowledge of God and that intimacy with God and yet he knew nothing of the mystery that's revealed to you right here in the book of Colossians. Even Solomon, in all of his wisdom, the wisest man that ever lived and yet Solomon didn't know this because God had kept it hid through all the generations, through all of those ages, until this point in time when he chose to reveal it, this truth concealed from all the prophets, even those that had walked the closest to the Lord Jesus Christ here upon this earth, it had been hidden 
But you see, it's not only a mystery that is unseen, but thank God, it's a mystery that is unveiled. It was unseen. It was hidden from man. But here, God is unveiling it for the first time. He's revealing it for us to know. Yes, even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations, notice the next words, but now is made manifest to who? To his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory? To whom? God would make known. You see, God's the one that's in charge. God's the one that's in control. Nobody knew this but God, but now to those he would have it known to, he unveils it. He brings it forth. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29 says, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. The secret things. There are so many things that God knows that, that is beyond our knowing that is completely unknown by mankind. But those things that are revealed, those glimpses that God gives us of himself, says here they belong unto us and to our children forever once God has revealed it. And we find here that he says these things are being made manifest to his saints. Make known, make known to whom God would make known. To make something that was unseen, to make it visible. To know what has been hidden and unknown, but to make it known. And this can mean by words or by deeds or by any other way, but something that has been hid away in secret is for the first time made known. For the first time, it's revealed, it's unveiled. He said there, but now is manifest to his saints. You see, he's telling us not only that this mystery that's been unknown, that is going to be unveiled, that is going to be revealed for the very first time. But who is he going to make it known to? Who is he going to let in on this secret? Who is he going to share it with? So it's to be known, to be doing so. It also tells us who this truth is not for. <laughs> you see, we have to keep in mind, and this is hard for us, and this is part of the thought that, that, that brought me here. Yes, sometimes it can seem to us. You know, God has, a, has revealed to us himself, and we have seen his truth. But to the world, they're blinded. The world can't see those things. They don't have the capacity to grasp hold. We sometimes beat ourselves up trying to figure out, why can't they understand this? The spiritual things can't be known by the natural man. It will never make sense to them. And certainly this mystery that God is revealing right here, he's making, look, I'm revealing this to my saints, to those that belong to me, to those that are saved, if you would. Those are the ones I'm revealing this to. The ones that aren't, they're not going to know it. 
They're not going to see it. It's not going to make any sense to them whatsoever. You know, the Lord is able to hide anything that he wants to. He can keep anything that's not intended to be known. He can keep it completely in man with all of his great wisdom, with all of his searching. He'll never find those things. And the simple fact is, is that so many times when the obvious is right before them, they only mock and make fun and make light of what is known of God. How many in the world today? We go back to even the beginning of creation. How many would just mock? God has revealed. He was the one that was there and he's revealed to us how it came into being. And yet man will sit back and mock and say, no, that couldn't be that way. Here's what had to happen. Here's the process that it had to go through. But you see, we need to realize something. People can go off and, and you know, there are some great educational institutions. And I mean, you know, I, I kind of like intellect. I don't really like to be dumb about anything that I don't have to be, though I am dumb about a lot of things. But there's a lot of places out there that can teach people a lot of things. But have you ever thought about this? You could go to the finest institutions of learning on this planet that have all of this knowledge that has been gathered by man. And not one of them, not one of them can teach you and show you what God can through his word. Only God can show you the things of God. No man can do that. And man, in all of his intellect, it's never going to make sense. You say, well, what's the hope? Fact is, is we've got to give them the truth. And when they come to recognize those first simple truths, then more and more will be revealed. The moment that a soul is saved, he has the capacity to see and know and understand things that the smartest people in all the world can never know. That's quite phenomenal because God will show him those things. God can reveal those things to him that all of their minds are blinded to. He receives that capacity. Now, not, not everybody takes advantage of all that God has given him. But you know, every single one of you, have the capacity to take that Bible that most of you are holding in your hands there right now, and you have the capacity to read that. And as a child of God, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to see things that nobody in the world can see, that only God can show you. So we see that in this passage there's a a mystery, a mystery that has been unseen that has been hidden from previous ages and generations, but now it's being unveiled, it's being revealed to the saints, to the Christians, to those that know him, to those that belong to God. And in this instance, he's using the apostle Paul through pinning down the very word of God, the very inspired word of God to accomplish that not only to the church at Colossa at that time, but to you and I today because we have his word that was penned those days. A mystery. 
a mystery unseen, a mystery that is unveiled, and only then a mystery understood. You see, when God's got it hid away, nobody can see it. Nobody can even know it. When God chooses to unveil that, to reveal that to his saints, to those that belong to him, to them that have the capacity to be able to see it and to understand it, only then can that mystery be understood. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What mystery? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Wow, that's quite a task. How can a sinner by nature, how can he be made perfect? We know that man is born a sinner. We know that according to God's word that man is incapable of good, of righteousness. All of our righteousness are as filthy rags. We'll all miss the mark in God's sight when he is that which we're comparing it to. You see, to the believer... It's pretty obvious. It's by only by being put in and seen in Christ and not in yourself. Do you think that makes sense to a non-Christian? God, me, me being in Christ, God seeing me in Christ. But you see, when we're saved, there's something fantastic that takes place because what happens then is that everything that Christ is, we become. We are. This mystery, this, this wonderful truth that has never been seen before, it's been hid, it's been unseen by all the, the generations and the ages. But now, God is going to unveil it. He's going to reveal it that we can understand it, that we can know it, his saints, Christ in you, the hope of glory, that Christ in you, the hope of glory, he says, that's what we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That's the object again, is that that man might be presented perfect in Christ Jesus. First John chapter four, verse 17, the Bible says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Notice these next words. They're quite phenomenal because as he, Jesus Christ, is, so are we. And then notice the next words, in this world. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Where's your assurance? <laughs> Where can you have that confidence? Because as Christ is, so are we in this world. Folks, that is nothing except a miracle of grace. When was the last time you looked in the mirror and said, oh, there's Jesus standing there? You ever seen that? I hope you've never thought that. 
Hope you haven't had that kind of a complex. <laughs> As he is, so are we in this world. You see, so are we. He's describing our present state. Now, we can all look and say, well, one day, one day we'll be perfect. One day we'll be like him. But here's a mystery that God has unveiled to us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Why? That every man might be perfect in Christ Jesus as he is. So are we in this world. How is Jesus Christ right now? He's at the right hand of God, <laughs> glorified in his glorified state, in the presence of the Father. And yet, he tells us in Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. You see, that being complete in him, <laughs> that's what makes him your Savior. <laughs> if you weren't complete in him, he wouldn't be your Savior. You can have that confidence today. So are we in this world. I mean, folks, that's talking about right now. What Jesus is right now is what we are right now. That means that what he is right now, we are right now in this world, the Bible says. You see, I want to promise you something. You think that's almost out of the reach of a Christian. It's totally out of the bounds of somebody that's unsaved. An unsaved person can never, ever grasp and understand that. It would, it would never make sense to them in all of the world. But for those of us that live by faith, we don't have any problem with that. That same Jesus that we're complete in is the same one that said, we're two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst, right there. The Lord's presence doesn't have to be in his physical body to be real. I love the prayer that he prayed in John chapter 14, verses 16 to 18. I'll leave you with this thought this evening. Jesus said, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I, Jesus said, will not leave you comfortless. I, he said, will come to you. In the same breath, he's saying, I'm going to send you another comforter, the Holy Spirit. Of course, this is one of the passages that is with many of the Muslims that I have tried to speak with and talk with. They say that, no, that's Muhammad that he was sending. Well, you can't read the Bible and read down through there and, and believe that that's Muhammad. 
You can believe that it's Jesus. <laughs> you can know that, you see, he's sending another Holy Spirit, the Comforter, but at the same time, I will come to you. Remember, there's one God. You can't separate God. You can't take part of him and leave part of him away. You see, Jesus Christ lives within us in the person of the Holy Spirit that he may abide with you wherever he says. You see, Jesus promised, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll always be with you. We find that at this particular point in your Bible, God revealed something that no follower of God had ever known before. Some of them had even come to the point to recognize and know the Messiah, but nobody had ever, ever, ever had this great truth unveiled to them before of Christ in you, Christ being in each and every one of us. You see, the simple truth is, we are as he is in God's sight. He either sees us if you're not in Christ and Christ in you, then the simple truth is God sees you in your natural Adamic nature. And in that state, he sees all of your sin and all of your weaknesses and all of your failings. And you know what? Here's this wonderful mystery. <laughs> I might have more faults than you. I might be less good than you are. And yet God sees every one of your sins. He sees you there because he sees you in yourself. And yet when God sees me, that sin isn't there because I'm in Christ. That's the only way I can be in his presence. But boy, the confidence and the boldness because God has shown us something here. That Christ is in us. We are in him and we can be presented perfect. But the only way for that perfection is because of who Jesus Christ himself is. You see, the real question comes down to each and every person. Do you have his presence in your life right now? Is he just somebody that you know about? Maybe you know about him through all kinds of things, but, well, you know. You know if you're honest with yourself, he's not living in you right now. Oh, he's here this evening. He's here this evening, and I promise you he's here. But is he in you? Because that's the wonderful mystery that he's showing to us here, that you can have Christ in you, that Christ's presence, literally, his realness, present right there in you. And you see, if you don't know that, now's the time you need to know it. You need to have that certainty. You need to get on your face before God and know it. But you know, as Christians, I want to encourage you this evening. What a wonderful, wonderful truth that God has given to you and I, that he's shown us this that we can. He says, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, 
but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory. Can you even begin to put a value on it? Of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You tell a non-Christian, you tell them that Jesus Christ is living in you, they're probably going to try to find one of those white suits that's fitted just nice and snug for you. They'll probably put you in one of those padded rooms so you won't hurt yourself because it makes absolutely no sense. But he's revealed it to the saints, and we can see it. We can know it. We can live our lives with that confidence within us. Father, we thank you this evening, Lord, for this precious passage that we read here that, Lord, when you, for the first time, Lord, took this great mystery that had been completely unseen by all that had ever been. And Lord, for the very first time, you unveiled it. And Lord, as you unveiled it, you made it possible for us to understand your saints, those that have the Spirit within. And Lord, even though that sometimes, boy, it's a lot bigger than we are, thank you so much. Even as we gather here this evening, we can know, we can know, that Christ is in us and we in him. In Christ's name we pray, amen. <music> 